welcome back to Simply Soccer. I'm your host, Michelle Hutink, and of course, my co-host, Christian Conway. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a mild day here in L.A. Um, a beautiful winter day here down in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, but no more rain. And then uh, we, we didn't get to record while I was down in San Diego, of course. But but here we are bringing you the off-season content. Um, a lot of things are not concrete, but uh, we'll start with what is. Um, we've got our home opener dates. So uh, Galaxy actually start on the road February 29th in Houston. On March 7th, we're home. And then we'll be going to Miami on March 14th uh, for Inter-Miami. It's going to be an interesting set of games to start. I mean, three teams that are all very unpredictable. I mean, if you look at Houston, now with Todd Ramos as head coach, um, I mean, a, a guy that is of course very talented. What he did at the U, the the U.S. Uh, youth level is, is is rather impressive. Um, so they've already started to build the, the roster in his image, and, and and Houston didn't have a bad roster to begin with. It just it kind of just didn't work with you know at the at the end there uh, with the former coaching staff. So I think he'll be uh, I think he'll be he'll be a good fit. Um, of course, Vancouver is we don't really know what Vancouver is because <laughs> Mark Dos Santos just went out and ripped that entire roster apart in the off season. And then we've got, you know, an Inter-Miami team that it, 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 it looks like they're trying to be one of the top five teams in this league from the get-go. So I think there's going to be three uh, three interesting games to, to open the season with a roster that we don't really know a lot about. So uh, if they can, if, you know, if they can get a good start through those three games, then, I, I you know, that that would be a really, a really critical thing for uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely with with Miami. I know that they just got AJ De La Garza, and then the fans that we are, we wanted him. But you know, our, our we're trusting DTK, we're trusting uh, Shiloto, and it, it looks like a whole overhaul and a rebuild uh, as well as as far as we can go. I know everybody wants Shelvick out. People I'm reading they want they want Ronaldo in. Um, both of which I don't think are realistic. <laughs> right. To say the least. Um, to say the least. And so it's kind of hard to say who we're going to be uh, when we open as well. So, um, you know, the the most I think that everybody's starting with is like, will Roman stay? And I know you said you got a good question of who would we want if he doesn't? Yeah. Um, I think Roman does stay personally, just kind of pontificating about that. I think the not a lot of teams are going to want to take a risk on a, on a guy that has had the injuries that he's had and you know, I mean, he came back relatively strongly in, in, in the limited camos he had in the offseason or in the uh, sorry, in the end of the season last year. But I don't think a lot of teams, uh, at least foreign teams, are going to look at his injury record and kind of his contributions and say, you know, that's something we, we want to take a risk with. Um, I could see, you know, we, of course, the link to, to Montreal has been a, a, a constant uh, ever mm-hmm. since he joined the league. Um, so, you know, if, if, if Montreal for, makes the right offer, I'd, it wouldn't surprise me if the Galaxy answer that phone call, especially kind of looking at the way they're trying to stack allocation money and, and give themselves the most assets possible to have the roster flexibility that it seems like they're going to need to bring in the amount of foreign targets that they're, they're targeting. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if kind of the galaxy feel that if the right offer comes, they'll, they wouldn't say no. Um, now of course that offer would have to be something pretty significant. I think somewhere up above $1.5 million at or above, 1.5 million dollars in, in terms of, of allocation money and and all of those other kind of uh, MLS mechanisms. Um, and I so I think the guys are kind of saying, well, 
if they, you know, it's a win-win situation for us. We either keep a guy that is incredibly talented, a very good player, um, and if we can keep him healthy for a season, he's a guy that can can be a, a ten-goal tennis guy in this league. Or we have a ton of allocation money. We have a ton of, you know, maybe you know two, three international roster spots, some good draft picks. Um, you know, we we have we have tools and ability to rebuild this roster. I I think also with the allocation money thing though, and why I I think the the market for you know inner MLS trading has been really quiet is there's a prevailing sense amongst the MLS clubs that this, this CBA negotiation is going to drastically change the way that allocation money and and those kind of mechanisms in MLS act or exist. So I think no team really wants to be dealing in outdated currency, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of kept the stove a little cold in, you know, in the inter, you know, MLS to MLS team uh, uh, market. Um, so, yeah, if they, you know, they get a good offer and it's, it's, you know, I can see it if, if they don't, then you keep them on. But I mean, in terms of, of replacing him, um, yeah, I was trying to think of who else it was a midfield injury prone possible rumor that everybody that we've been linked to. <laughs> uh, we seem to have a tendency to be linked to a lot of them. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, uh, you want in terms of wingers and especially what Roman Olsen Drini delivers to the Galaxy, which is he's, you know, a 10 goal tennis winger, which are, are you know, they're relatively rare throughout the world. Um, I mean... The the problem is that the one person I would have I would have I would have said last year had we had this conversation, which was Brian Rodriguez out of Uruguay is now in LA except in the wrong colors. Um, mm. I mean, also it looks like you know Diego Rossi is about to be surplus for requirements at LAFC. If LAFC is willing to take that phone call, maybe the Galaxy could make that phone call. Um, but in terms of just outside of the league, um, I'm, I'm I'm racking my brain for for a, a winger that is reasonable and. Uh, gettable, so to speak, and it, it there uh, a lot of them are in MLS. Actually, a lot of the ones that I, I really respect. So it's kind of a bummer. Um, is that Bradley? Are we throwing Bradley out there? Is that <laughs> is that what you're still? I wouldn't have said no to Bob Bradley being in LA Galaxy jersey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, he was the best player in the MLS Cup final. Um, but in terms of a goal scoring winger, I mean, I God, the one I really wanted was Brown Rodriguez, and of course he's unfortunately in the wrong colors in LA. Um, yeah. But again, I I go back to the point that I I, I don't think they're going to move all of I just don't unless they have two or three really blockbuster moves lined up to help cover that gap. Then and I think it's going to be an issue. If Alison Junior says he's going to be a DP, well, they could probably buy. I think I think he's within the range where they can buy him down. Um, the problem is that they seem to change the rules of what contracts can and can't be bought down from designated player to allocation money type players um and it seems to change every year so i don't know um exactly what that is and again also we're dealing in a world where we have a cba coming up that looks yeah drastically shaped the way that this league operates um that's what i found interesting because you know usually you have to wait till like january to get any kind of a schedule release and you know to know where you are in the first two weeks in mls it's like we're gonna be ready we gotta be ready well i think i think I think MLS is releasing a lot of these early scheduled games to build a lot of momentum and basically pressure. Oddly enough, I think it's I think this isn't necessarily a, a move where it's you know kind of for the fans. I think it's to pressure the players' association. I think they can walk into negotiations and basically say, well, you know, we've got these fans that have bought these tickets that have made air for you know 
plans on this, that, and the other thing, are you really going to have them waste their money for you? You know, because you mm-hmm. didn't agree with us on you know one or two things. Like I, I, I'm really this cynical, but I think MLS and the way it operates has, you know, especially with regards to CB negotiations in the past, I think we have to be that kind of level of cynical. And it wouldn't surprise me if this is this is a bit of a, a, a muscling move to the players association. Cause you know, going into this, this year, I, I thought a lot of the, I thought a lot of the, the momentum in terms of, and, and I hate always saying this about negotiations and, you know, like, Oh, someone's going to win in a negotiation, but that's the reality of negotiations is that, you know, one side always wins. Um, mm. I thought the players association had a, a little bit more of the advantage because of all this, you know, you know, the TV, the, the TV numbers weren't as good as previous years, but the, in-stadium product, the in-stadium stuff, the attendance numbers, and, and so on and so forth was so high, and the owners were, you know, finally feeling like their the investment is, is starting to be returned, that I thought the Players Association would go in and be like, do you really want to stop this positive, you know, this positive motion that we're doing, you know, and, and, and hurt the league? I mean, if you look at some of the other sports leagues that have experienced lockouts, I mean, the one that comes to mind the most prominent is the NHL, who's had, you know, the, has had two recent lockouts, and a lot of people kind of all in agreement who cover hockey are like the league still hasn't recovered from that. And that was like 10, 15 years ago. So mm-hmm. MLS, I don't know if they can afford a lockout. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting kind of month and a half coming up. And and it does affect the way that, uh, that teams are operating because a lot of teams seem very uh, outside of, outside of established player acquisition mechanisms. So, you know, for example, the expansion or the, uh, the expansion draft or entry drafts and so forth. Outside of those mechanisms that are very guaranteed mechanisms, not a lot of teams have been making really big moves. And so, you know, there's the odd free agent signing or there's the odd, you know, player brought in from Europe. But those were probably conversations that were existent, you know, prior to this whole entire concept of of what the CBA is going to look like. And also, you know, they probably weren't going to be affected if the landscape of MLS changes pretty uh, dramatically. Um, So I think a lot of teams are, are being very cautious, but... I think for the Galaxy, at least from, you know, bringing this back to a Galaxy perspective, I have a feeling also the Galaxy been kind of quiet because I think they are about to go raid Argentina for about every single I was gonna, I have that in my notes. Like, Argentina is, like, <laughs> the market for that. If but you know player, that when you have if Shalot, right not, Yeah, if a player is not taped down to their locker, the Galaxy are going to try and grab him. <laughs> I mean, and I'm here for it. I mean, there's definitely something to be said uh, specifically about South American soccer. Um you know, people, of course, like I got a, one of the questions that I got was, um, you know, do we see any Americans playing in Europe coming coming to the Galaxy? And like you said, everything looks like it's it's in within the league or we're looking at Argentina right now. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if like a Jonathan Amon or maybe a John Brooks came back, but I, you know, they're, they're not really positions of need for the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, center back, I guess is, but I don't well, think the galaxy, yeah. well, the galaxy aren't going to go out and spend, you know, a, a, a ton of money on a center back, like Jonathan Brooks would require. I mean, there's always been a rumor that Fabian Johnson has wanted to come back for, or has wanted to come for a fairly long time. But, you know, every link I've read with him is that if he was going to come back, it would probably be in Cincinnati. He has family there. He's, I, I think, uh, I think his, his, his parents are either from that area or around that area. So um, maybe Julian Green. Um, Bob, the, the one that consistently I've heard linked with the Galaxy is Bobby Wood. Um, but apparently Bobby Wood's wage demands are, are, yeah, I think it would make him a designated player just with the Galaxy in the way that, you know, our 
designated player situation is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see them doing that. Um, but, uh, I mean, if we're going to talk about, you know, my my dream one that I'd, I'd want <laughs> to come I think back. That, I think, yeah, let's go there. Bring me Lyndon Gooch from Sunderland. Bring me. Oh. He's a fantastic midfielder. Uh, he... I. I think he didn't ever reach the heights that we all thought he was going to hit, but he's a damn good player. And I think, you know, for midfield depth, since we're seeming to pick up center midfielders left and right. Yeah, that's, that's what I was looking pick. at. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, the other one, the other one that I, I just mentioned earlier is, uh, is, is, is Jonathan Amon. I think he'd be a, a fantastic addition on the wing. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I would love the body wood signing to work out, but it's just financially, I don't think it's going to, but I mean, John, either Jonathan Amon or Lyndon Gooch would be absolutely fantastic. Or let's play crazy games here. Why not take a flyer on a uh, on a currently unsettled mixed discarud and see if you can revive his career? <laughs> I can just hear some fans groaning now. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> mixed discarud is the biggest for me. One of the always just the biggest. How did this not work out for him? <laughs> like, I know, really. And and you know, I really look forward to seeing him on the pitch, but. You know, again, I feel like the a lot of like let's say AG De La Garza as well. Like a lot of these guys, they're just not who like Juninho. They're just not who we remember them as. Yeah, I mean, the most the only undefeated team in soccer is age. Like, yep. that's that's <laughs> oh, it, unless you're Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> oh, he's he's a, a freak of, of physical nature. <laughs> I mean, literally insane. Well, okay, then speaking of aging midfielders um Sasha Kleshton is linked to us pretty solidly yeah um, uh, apparently supposed to be announced uh at time of recording it has not been announced but it was supposed to be announced relatively soon so mm-hmm. by the time this comes out it might be a it might be a real thing it might be official <laughs> yeah. um so again that's somebody that I don't it's really nobody is impressed <laughs> well, <laughs> you know because uh, I think people look at Sasha Kletch and, and 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 say, well, he's is it, I I think they look at him as a as a starting player in this Galaxy team. I don't necessarily see him as that. And this is what a lot of like the Bruce Arena teams of of old really did, which was they bring in like one or two veteran guys that you kind of scratch your head and you're like, huh. But when you kind of look at it in the context of these guys are guys that have been around MLS for not uh, in Sasha's case for uh, the second half of his career for a fairly long time, mm-hmm. um, or and guys that like were able to really help integrate guys that, you know, weren't used to MLS or young kids that, you know, you know, you're 19 years old, you're playing professional sports. It's terrifying, you know, mm-hmm. but if you got like these guys in the locker room that are experienced guys that know MLS and know like the pain of traveling in MLS, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. it, it just helps to have. And I think, I think I look at Cervant, or uh, Cervant as a, at Sasha Kledgeton as a, as more of that kind of, of signing. And I mean, Sasha wasn't bad in Orlando. I mean, he was on some really bad Orlando teams. But well, it's just, that's what I was gonna say. It's because Orlando was bad, not not necessarily yeah, that he was bad. He he was a he would he and, and and Nani were 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 bright spots in a mm-hmm. in a really tough year for Orlando, and he was great at the Red Bulls. And I think people for like you know I definitely don't forget his tenure at uh, at Andelex. He was absolutely fantastic there in the in the, uh, in the Belgian league. So I mean, he, he, you know, you don't need him to do ninety minutes every week. You know, you need a guy that you know. Maybe he does 60 minutes here and there and, you know, have for the Open Cup and, and, and you know, 30 minutes off the bench here if you need to create a attacking option. Like, Sasha offers a lot. And I, I still think he's one of the best passers that U.S. Soccer Oh, well, that's what we always needed. 
you know, um, Galaxy's passing and needs help. And then, you know, we're trying to build roster depth as well. Yeah, and it, I think he's I think he's one of the smartest players the U.S. has has had in in uh, in recent years. So I, I I like the signing. I think it's if it is official, I really like uh, I like the signing. I think it's a it's a good depth signing. He's I mean he's not a bad, he's he's a guy that can do a job and like that's mm-hmm. what the Galaxy kind of need because I think one of the things that really struck me last year with the Galaxy was one through 11 was very good for the galaxy 12 through 23. The quality kind of dropped off pretty quickly. Um, Side note. Can he get rid of the mustache? Like, no. yeah, I, I think that would be a, just a, from, yeah, I think that'd be it. He can move him to LA now. Enough of that. Yeah. Like, I, I think that'd be a, a very smart career move for him. If he had decided to uh, shave that, shave that thing off. Right. <laughs> like it's not the 1970s. Um, yeah, no, but I know that's like side note. That's nothing to do with the play. Like just play on. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, left back. That's what somebody else messaged me. They said that um, you know this, at the supporters event um, last week, Klein said one of our needs was at left back. And you know what hope do we have? Well, uh, this is kind of interesting because they apparently. Uh, the Galaxy had their eye on a uh, Dutch left back, Calvin Verdonk. Um, hmm. He was on loan at FC Twente um, after at Zvola and Nijmegen, I believe, um, and uh, found himself on the outside looking in and then ended up uh, at uh, FC Twente uh, on loan from, I believe, Feyenoord. Um, and uh, he he basically said there was there was a contract signed and, um, whatever, but then he said uh, he said uh, that while he was at Twente, he uh, quote found the pleasure back when it came to in, in regards to to playing in 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 the Netherlands and and feeling uh you know feeling good about you know fighting for his place at Feyenoord. Um, so I think this is maybe one of those situations where the Galaxy had something done and then just something happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside that, you know, I think the Galaxy obviously are going to be looking for an outside back. I think there's no question. Um, I think part of the reason Shkelvik is still on the roster is money. I partially think that. I also think there's probably a club in Scandinavia that they're looking at, and they just can't oh. legally make the I was move until maybe his yeah his contract is so um, obscure, right? Well, you, also they, they probably just can't legally make the move until the transfer window opens on January first. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to Hammerby, considering AEG's connection between the galaxy and Hammerby and, and the ownership there. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes back to Rosenberg. Um, so, you know, they definitely are scouting outside backs. I mean, if this, especially if this Calvin Verdonk thing is true, it seems to be considering that Verdonk is, has offered quotes saying he was going to go to the galaxy, but then he's now not so sure because of, of the, uh, of the, the situation at Feyenoord. Um, so, they're they're looking, um, and I think you know I think they desperately want to get this 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 Verdonk thing over the line. There's, I think there's a question yeah. about that. Um, mm-hmm. But if they can't, then they're going to have to again. You know, it's, it's the, this is the beauty of, tra- of of operating the transfer market is that you can have something done until the very last day, and you're dealing with humans at the end of the day. And sometimes just humans are weird. Um, <laughs> you know, emotions change and stuff like that. And all this hard work that you've done, and then all of a sudden it falls apart overnight. So yeah. You know, well, I, 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 this is the, my thing about the transfer window for the galaxy in general is I think we're going to get a lot more clarity come January 1st. And it wouldn't surprise me if 
on the day that the transfer international transfer window opens, the Galaxy are going to be very active in those first three to four days of the new year. And we're going to be seeing a lot of player announcements coming pretty thick and fast, especially out of Argentina and probably wouldn't surprise me if they're, if they're actively scouting the Dutch league, considering Dennis the closest mm. connections in the Netherlands. So. Yes, that's what I was thinking too. I, I'm excited for that as a, well, my dad is from the Netherlands, you guys, in case I, you know, you've been listening this long and didn't know. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Shaloto and um, Tecosa, they've, they've been trying to get their guys in for the last year when they could. And, you know, when they, they got to follow the rules and the money and, and I, I, I know you said something about cynicism, but I, I'm staying optimistic. Um, I'm okay with all the moves that have been made so far. I mean, I guess we kind of sort of have to move into acceptance, right? It's like, well, Antuna's gone. Um, Polenta's gone. Like, there's just that's just the way the ball bounces. Yeah, and and, and I think uh, the, the Antuna one, I think, was pretty – the writing was on the wall. I don't think he really intended to stay in L.A., I think – if he was going to be in, in North America, I think he wanted to be in, in Mexico, just, you know, yeah, his young, yeah. young family. I, I, I obviously don't know the Antuna family incredibly well. I, I, I admit that I'm not a long distant cousin that knows a lot about them. Um, oh. But I mean, you know, he's, I'm assuming he probably has family somewhere. Well, we said like worst kept secret, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming he, he probably has, you know, some level of family in the Guadalajara era, area as well. So that helps, you know, yeah. you want to be, especially, you know, at 22, having just having his first, you know, first kid born, you want to be around that kind of environment. And, you know, um, I, I, with the Polenta thing, again, I, I, I kind of hypothesize that I, I was surprised he didn't come back, but I think it's more the fact that, again, he's, you know, this is a foreign country, probably, you know, even you know, even if the Galaxy, who I've I've always commended the Galaxy for doing a very good job of ensuring that foreign players feel very welcome, um, you know, inside the Galaxy ranks. But you're still in a foreign country, and every single time you're outside of the Galaxy ranks, you're still suffering from you know the fact that like English maybe isn't your first language, and you know all this other stuff, and mm-hmm. and then the team that you just signed for wants you to take a pay cut in addition to all that. Like sometimes just all of that doesn't, all of that you kind of just at the end of the day look at it all and just say thanks, I appreciate it, but no thanks, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I feel that's and probably... I, and I and I go ahead. Do say no. I was just gonna say sorry, guys. There's a little bit of lag on the Skype today. Um, no, just that they do have uh, English and Spanish lessons. So at, at least you know they're working on that. So that says something. Yeah, and I, I think it's you know I think the Galaxy really have built a very good club identity about you know being that a team that is welcoming and very you know willing to do whatever it takes to make players feel settled. But you. Mm-hmm. You can only do so much, but just sometimes people just never get to that point. Just one reason or right. another, it's the reality of, of, of humanity. I think one interesting link that popped up that I just uh, just recently popped up on my radar is um, like Alex here actually going after a young uh, winger slash forward out of Argentina by the name of Pedro de la Vega, uh, currently mm-hmm. at Lanús. Um, connection there being with uh, uh, Shaloto coached at Lanus before uh, uh, assuming the uh, the uh, uh, Boca, uh, Boca Juniors job. Um, everything I've read about him is that in terms of young talent, this kid's the real deal. Um, if you look at his statistics, I mean, he's played 11 games, only has two goals, but he's only started he only started six percent of those games, and he only got 18 percent of of the minute of the of of the 90 minutes over those 11 games. So, you know, he didn't get a ton of time, but I mean, for, you know, an 18 year old kid to be getting time at Lanus, which is considered one of the big five clubs of 
of Argentina. I mean, that's 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 not you know you could do worse. Uh, yeah. And he's been compared with guys like uh, you know Arsenal, the Arsenal fans among us will know uh, Bukayo Saka, who's got a lot of a really high upside. Um, in, in Spain, he's been compared to Brian Heel uh, at Sevilla. Um, so the the concern is, of course, the transfer fee. Um, I've seen anywhere estimated from twelve million to fifteen million. Um, and I don't think Luis is going to give Shaloto the hometown discount. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, so I mean, he's there's a lot of hype around the kid. Um, he is 18. There is a concern that that is significantly very young. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, but DTK is like always, I know this kid is not within our academy, but I know that through the academy, he wants to be able to raise up these kids. So I think taking an 18 year old, I'm here for it. That way MLS is also like, you know, dealing with younger guys instead of, you know, and, and, and also that, that helps to have veterans to essentially nurture them and, coach them in into this league yeah um and, and another note on uh Pedro de la Vega as I, I just yeah. I pulled up another article um he did go to the U20 World Cup this summer and actually was was fairly successful for Argentina so I mean scouting youth players and 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 you know youth talent development is an unexact science mm-hmm. at, on the best of days but I mean if the Argentine national team and the national setup is really pushing him forward into you know into that setup. I mean, they, I mean, Argentina's never been the greatest judge of character, but um, still will never forgive them for ruining Paul Dybala's career. But, mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you could do worse <laughs> to be linked with a player like this, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but again, it's, it's uh, a lot of MLS teams are concerned about price. Um, but out of any team that never has to worry about price, <laughs> it's kind of the LA Galaxy, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I always thought, too, when you see all these things floating around, like, it's, you know, that's why the, the top players are linked to us, uh, still, you yeah. know, with all, everything, and, and, you know, that, I know we talked about this, too, that we made it to playoffs, like, it was a successful season, you know, especially winning uh, the first playoff game on the road, so. And then the whole entire uh, thing gets gutted, and now we're looking at a rebuilding year, it's, it's so, well, so. The, yes, yes. But at the same time, like, look what we were able to do. And I think that anybody would want to play for us if, if things could work out right, you know? Yeah. Um, another another link that uh, just, it seems a little, in terms of the hot stove, this is probably, like, tepid. Um, nice. Is uh, Nacho Fernandez, um, who's been arguably replaced best player uh, over the past two years after Petey Martinez left. Um, is uh, linked with the Galaxy, uh, 29-year-old central midfielder. Um, he's been pretty you know, one of the one of the key cogs in 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 River Plate's kind of absolute dominance of the, of, of Argentina and, and um, South America, South American soccer in general. Even though uh, they did lose the uh, Copa Libertadores final. Um, mm. oh my God, what a final! Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> uh, but uh, so the, there's apparently been some links um, as far as uh, Nacho Fernandez's agent said. Uh, we've heard the, about those rumors linking him to the LA Galaxy. Um, it is true that uh, Guillermo Rochelot knows Nacho very well. They were teammates in uh, Gimnasia La Plata. Um, but nobody from that team has uh, has reached out to us. So there's nothing. So I don't know. Like, this is a that is agent speak for probably like. They've talked to us. They just haven't given us the right offer. You know, they haven't pushed yeah. the right just yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if the Galaxy could get that done, that would, I mean, that would be 
that would be a that would be a needle moving massive signing for the galaxy and and i i'd love for it to happen but again if if, if that's kind of what his if his agent is saying that there's been connections then i think I, i'm going to discount the nobody from the team has reached out to us line i think probably they have it's just it's kind of like a okay that's nice we'll we'll consider this like this you know thanks for, you know thanks for put it on the desk for showing interest <laughs> yeah it's like put it on the desk and then you know you go back to it like three months later and you're just searching through papers and you're like oh yeah that happened i'm thinking <laughs> it's more along those lines but if, if if they can get it done i mean that would be that would be pretty big um there uh also note he's he's linked with with inter miami i think that was because if marcelo gallardo is still in line for the miami job which now seems to be more and more unlikely each day then mm-hmm. Gallardo would have probably bought Fernandez with him as kind of like one of his his early you know kind of key signings one of the guys that he wanted to bring in as one of his players so um that's just kind of something to keep an eye on I think those two um are probably the the two to keep an eye on of course there's the consistent rumor of Ricardo Centurion that the Galaxy have been I guess courting him for forever um <laughs> so that that's probably going to be something to look uh, just keep an eye out names wise, you know, sign up on your Google alerts whenever that name pops up or something like that. Um, and Twitter. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Twitter's like the main one for us guys. This is all, this is all this kind of, again, this is this, this is always the weird thing about MLS ending when it does. And then having the winter window, uh, yeah. January, that you have this like month and a half of just only rumor. And it just seems like everyone's like, like the call before it's, it's like the whole entire like scene in the Western movie where like, the bandits run it like roll into town and like all the you know citizens are hiding away you know like hiding in the shops and whatnot from before the gunfight and just, like, <laughs> yeah. that moment of silence. I'm sure Mandalorian will have a scene like yeah, that soon. Much. He's yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Watch just like a space western, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, like, the tumbleweed goes by. The, you, know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Uh, I do, I do. <laughs> it's kind of like these, these last two weeks before January first is kind of like that before all the chaos just absolutely breaks out. Well, and. Um, we fans, we miss the season, even though, like, you think this would be a time to chill and everybody's like, oh, but it's the off season. And it's like, nah, Simply Soccer is here for you. And, you know, we're finally having fun with all the rumors that everybody's always talking about anyhow. Yeah. Um, exactly, yeah. Uh, also, one cool kind of note, um, just I want to give uh, congratulations to Efrain Alvarez for finishing 13th on the 2222. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, it, it, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't, I don't think we saw as much as I would have liked to see in terms of, not, not in terms of. But he contribute. also had to go off to the World Cup, yeah, you know, the yeah, World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, he was Mexico. on that U17 World Cup for Mexico. Oh, sorry, U17. Uh, oh my gosh, he's so young. Yeah. I know. Um, so he's, uh, I hope, uh, I mean, he didn't get a ton of minutes. I think that was intentional. He, when he was out there, I think. You know, he you could see the skill level, but I think he also looked 16. And, yeah. and I think that's well, more. We had to manage his minutes, too. Yeah. Also, I mean, he's a 16 year old kid. Physically, he's not there yet in terms of playing a full 90, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you, the, the the comparable comp, I think, in MLS is, is um, John Luca Busio over in uh, Sporting Kansas City. But if you look at Busio, he's a little bit physically more grown out at that age than Efrain necessarily is. So mm-hmm. I think. You know, if Efrain gets a pretty good season, or off season of, you know, maybe a little bit more gym time, I think he'll be definitely a a, a pretty heavy com- contributor to uh to the G's uh, coming up next season. So uh, congratulations for him, and hopefully uh, we can keep pushing him on that uh, up on that list. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see him getting his minutes. I know, you know, a lot of the times it's a sub, and we have to see what's going on in the game before we 
can put them in. But um, yeah, I'm here for it. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm just <laughs> we're at that point in the offseason where I'm just like, give me more rumors. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, I want rumors and conjecture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, guys, so, like, we want to do a mailbag episode. <laughs> and also to my fellow podcasters listening, we also want to get you guys on for your favorite uh, Galaxy memories. Um, yeah, and and then some. So is that where we're covering think, the rumor mail? We're good? I, I think we have squeezed every last drop of water out of the wet paper towel. Out of the cactus. This, <laughs> this, this off-season rumor so far. Yeah, no, that works. Um, so you guys just, uh, you know, vote for the LA Galaxy Girls Academy Gold of the Year. Check that out. Um, don't forget those girls. And especially if you want to grow women's soccer in this country. I don't want to just say women's anymore. I want to just say soccer. But we're still there because um, the NWSL tr- is trying to separate from U.S. soccer, but they want to keep them for one more year and they want to give additional funding for a million dollars until 2021. So, yeah. This was a weird weird kind of thing that came out and 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 I I was fully prepared to to not talk about this because I didn't expect this to to pop out today. And it it seems like most U.S. soccer plans recently, which is that they can't get out of their way. It seems pretty half-baked, but... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I came mean, from Yahoo, so it's pretty. Yeah, pretty and uh, <laughs> Kaylin Murray and the, and the entire team over at Yahoo Soccer does a, a fantastic job um, all yes. the time. Um, I mean, I think we're at a crossroads right now with the end of Usain Bolt Soccer, um, but I mean, I, I can't see this as being a bad thing considering how long that U.S. Soccer had to prop up MLS, but. You know, you, you could make the argument that NWSL, where it is at, at its age, is in a, a, a bit of a better place than, say, MLS was at that same age. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think it'll be, I, you know, I, I think one more year doesn't hurt anyone. And, and, and I think, you know, I know NWSL and, and a lot of the people that support it and are, are are very, you know, close to it kind of have really bristled, you know, with U.S. soccer's, you know, kind of involvement in the women's game um, or the, I guess, the women's league game in or the women's club game in this country. Excuse me. Sorry. Got it right the third time. Um, it's okay. It's okay. We said Inter Miami instead of Inter Milan. We're not. Uh, by the way, just, just a quick sidebar. <laughs> I apologize next season whenever we reference Inter Miami. If I just slip into Inter Milan, like half, like yes, half. I, know. <laughs> I have been following the sport for too long. And the Hunter, whenever I mention Inter, it's always yeah. Milan in my head. Well, not just that, but and, and Miami. I mean, we've yeah. been, we've been, anticipating this for a while since we knew Beckham was going to open it. So yeah, but it's just, it, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So back to the, back to the, uh, the, the women's game point. And in, yeah. I mean, NDBSL has done a very good job on its own of, you know, finding sponsorships. I mean, the Budweiser sponsorship is absolutely fantastic. Um, they did a very good, and, and you know, doing very well in terms of securing invested, you know, invested, determined or uh, ownership groups that are going out of their way to ensure that, they deliver the highest quality product, the highest quality, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think NWSL kind of looks at itself and says, well, we could do this on our own. Um, I just think, you know, growing a league is really hard. And, um, you know, I oh, yeah. I think, you know, maybe one more year of, of this kind of weird marriage of convenience that is super uncomfortable between the two, especially considering the U.S. Women's National Team lawsuit with U.S. soccer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I think 
I think it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt anyone, but it does. And, and I think almost, you know, I think a lot of people are reacting a little bit negatively to this, considering, you know, the general ill will towards the U.S. Soccer Federation and U.S. Mm-hmm. Soccer House in Chicago. Um, but I think, you know, if if NWSL, you know, wants to be a little bit, you know, crafty here, I'd almost welcome this with open arms. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, totally. We're interested. And then in behind the scenes, be working, you know, to ensure that when this this period of U.S. soccer influence does end, that they can go out and, and, and you know, almost shove it in U.S. soccer's face like you guys were really trying to put us down. Look at what we were able to accomplish without any of your help. You know what I mean? Totally. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a petty motivation. I understand that. But still, like, it, it's kind of if, if NWSL wants to do that, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the play. Right. And then I know that we had talked about how UCL, right? They want to they want to start their own league for women's. Well, they want they want to remove U.S. soccer's influence in NWSL and, and basically make NWSL yeah. its own whole private entity instead I of having. See. I see. And so and, and then, you know, U.S. soccer would not have the say that it seems to have in terms of NWSL decision making, in terms of the way that U.S. women's, women's national team players are treated around the league, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think I think they're going to have to do that because the way that the way that the game is, is, is being grown in a lot of European countries, especially, but in a lot of other countries, the, I think NWSL is going to have to kind of say to us soccer, like, look, you're either going to support us the way that the French Federation supports the French league, or, you know, the way that the FA seems to be supporting the, uh, the, the, the women's league in England, or we're going to have to do it ourselves. And so therefore we need you to get out of the way in order to do that. I think that's going to be the conversation coming up sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, so maybe I was thinking USL, but anyway. Uh, um, yes, the USL rumor that everyone, literally everyone said this is a horrible idea. <laughs> and I, and I, I think I told you this, as I said with the USL thing, like, I think it was probably some guy, some chairman or some, you know, like some board of directors meeting, whatnot, and kind of just someone popped up and said, hey, you know what would be a really interesting idea? And just no one in the room, like, you, like no you, you've, been in those meetings, you've been in those meetings where someone suggests something and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. You go home and sleep on it. And then you kind of like talk with other people that weren't in that room. And they're like, this is a horrible idea. And you're like, oh, yeah, actually, it is. It is a it is a really bad idea. So I think that's probably what happened more likely than anything else. Yeah, I was just a little bit concerned just because, yeah, where the funding is and how we're just trying to grow soccer in this country and then specifically women's soccer. And so, um, you know, our, our continued hope is the U.S. Women's National Team. They've got College Cup coming up. And, um, yeah, yeah the, college, the, the College Cup final last night was fantastic. Penalties, one of the greatest, yeah. one of the best penalty save celebrations I've ever seen from the Stanford goalkeeper. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It is yes. awesome. <laughs> so cold-blooded. Um, and then now we've got the... Uh, uh, I guess the the how I think the U.S. the U.S. Women's National Team was referring to it as the U.S. Women's National Team Future Talent Identifying Camp that Andonovsky has called in Florida. Um, okay, so think, yeah, and he's trying to deepening the player pool. With yeah, that. that gets that gets okay. underway. I believe it's underway currently. I know some players uh, were, uh, you know, you know, some some players were were you know playing for Stanford and, and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So they were they were obviously not there just yet, but. Um, yeah, the camp begins. Actually, no, the camp begins today, um, and then it'll be through to the 14th. Um, it doesn't look like they have any matches scheduled, but it's more. I think there's going to be a lot of like inter-squad scrimmages and and and, and stuff like that. And uh, this is, I mean, this is what I I figured was going to be Andonovsky's first order of business is the fact that he's got a lot of very good players that he's going to have to replace very quickly because, as we've said earlier, the only undefeated force is time in the sport. And you know, if you look at 
some of these players. I mean, Carly Lloyd, 37, she said she wants to play in Tokyo. But, I mean, you know, do you really trust a 38-year-old to, to play 90 minutes, you know, every game in, 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 in the heat and, and the weather that seems to be always present in Japan in the summer? I mean, Tobin Heath, he's 31. Does she, you know, does she have, does she want to continue? That's an obvious open question. Megan Rapino, 34. It seems Megan Rapino in, in a lot of the way she's kind of been carrying herself and the way that she's been interacting with people as far as, you know, kind of reading the tea leaves as best I can. I think it's kind of a sign that she's slowly pivoting away from the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, probably, you know, Becky Sauerbrunn, you know, that's another open question at, at, at yeah. 38. Allie Krieger is definitely, you know, stepping aside. So she, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of, of, of transition and a lot of, of, of movement around. And I think it's better for Andonoski to take this camp and to basically say, in the midst of all this transition, I have, you know, I have this camp in Florida in, in December and I know three or four people that I can immediately pull and say, all right, transition's happening. I know I can trust this, this younger player to step in and not be overawed by the moment. I think that's really a, a good place for us to be. And uh, so I'm, 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 I'm interested. Uh, I don't know kind of, how much access in terms of footage we're going to get out of this camp. I hope we get some. So, cause I'd like to, uh, just start seeing the new generation. And, um, I think that, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have our next Rapinos and Morgans and so on. Yeah. And so forth. That's what I'm thinking too. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad that, you know, I saw now the college cup that snuck up on me. It happened so fast. Um, yeah. When I spent a weekend, San Diego. No, but yesterday I um, was working on a ton of other stuff. So, you know, Sundays should be rest days, but instead they are my, what I call workshop days. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. I know. I know. And you think that I would put the women's team in the, in part of the workshop, but I was trying to get an article done that's uh, sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that covers everything that we've got right now. So stay tuned, guys. Um, we'll have a Christmas episode for you for a wish list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. lots, of, lots of holiday cheer coming up. Holiday on cheer. On your yeah. airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Holidays, not just Christmas. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, so thanks you. Thanks, you guys, for always listening. And we'll be back. Later, later. Later.